Morning news right now. 13 minutes past four. Let's uh, talk uh, trending topics now. Uh, speaking to Busisi Khatebe, social commentator and digital content writer for the SABC. How are you today, Khatebs? <laughs> I'm good. How are you, Asa? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us again on this Wednesday. A happy one uh, for you. I hope it is. Uh, but it's only just begun, so I guess you can only tell us tomorrow <laughs> what it's, it's like. O- it's only just begun. <laughs> yeah, but I hope it will be a, a lovely and happy one. Thank you, Asa. Thank yes, you. it will be. It will be. We just have to say, what is this red flags trend that I'm seeing? Because I've taken a bit of a break from social media. <laughs> Everyone is saying things that are red flags. That are just out of line, man. What's happening? Who started this? And you know, it's so funny that it's trending this year. I remember it was also something that um, was uh, used last year mm. when people just want to, you know, say if someone does this red flag, so red flag, run away or leave that person. So, yeah, I think it's made a huge comeback again uh, this year this uh, red flag, red flag. So people are just accounting, like saying what they think is a red flag that you should look out for uh, from people, not just in uh, romantic relationships, but any form of, you know, relationship or environment. Are we just mocking the whole thing of us just sometimes really, really just putting too much emphasis on the red flags and, and not focusing on the good? And then we end up missing the good in relationships. I, I, I agree with you because, you know, not one person is the same. So some some things that I might do, I might be doing it because of how I was brought up and my coping mechanisms, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's coming from a bad place. Yeah. Or maybe I just do not know better, and you're right. Then you miss out on, um, you know, the good that the person does bring or the person does share with you. So uh, in, in a sense, it's, it's becoming a bit of a, a mock and some are just, you know, taking advantage to troll other people, um, troll situations and also, you know, just make fun of the whole trend of red flags. Mm. Our time is quarter past four. Good morning, fam, if you've just joined us. So one uh, serious issue, though, is the kidnapping of 16 Americans and one Canadian by a Haitian criminal gang. What do you think yes. the response should be there? They're demanding 17 million U.S. dollars for ransom. Do you think this should be paid or there should be more negotiations? How do you think uh, this could even pan out? You know, um, I we've seen many kidnapping cases, Arthur, and it's really hard to say if they can pay that amount, but will the people uh, be released safely? Or are some of them, is there proof of life? Um, even if they can show proof of life, what are they doing to them? And um, are they are they not physically or emotionally abusing them? Already being kidnapped is, you know, traumatic on its own. So um, I, I think they should try to do more negotiations uh, with the gang. Uh, because then, you know, if they just keep paying, then it gives also a message that any other person or any other organization can just do the same thing and then, you know, just demand a ransom. Um, it's happened many times to, you know, even our um, our people here in South Africa where we'll go to other countries, some journalists, where they'll be kidnapped and, you know, they'll be asking for a ransom. And they're only released after a while or some runaway. But, you know, Mm. sometimes it doesn't end in a happy way or a positive way. 
I mean, I also just shudder to think what could be happening in the meantime while there's, you know, this ransom that's being called for. And I mean, five children are part of this group. And it's, uh, I think, about six women and five men. But they were kidnapped in Port-au-Prince on a missionary effort trip there. Do you think this will now raise questions about how, you know, international communities' involvement in helping other countries in crisis might need to maybe halt then. It means people are not safe, even when they're trying to step in and, and help these countries that are in crisis. I agree, because it would make me uh, very wary and cautious before I want to just jump in and assist. Um, you know, Haiti was just, it just had uh, natural disasters that they faced. So, you know, people were, you know, rushing there, thinking, you know, they need to assist um, the people who suffered. But things like this, uh, such events, they make you think twice. And then I think then when such events uh, that unfold, we need to go, if you want to assist or you're an organization that wants to go help, we need to find a way to align it with government. Then um, let it be a government initiative. But unfortunately, that might slow down, um, you know, the the access to aid, the access to helping people on the ground. But, you know, safety first, Asa. 7 July, there was an assassination of the president there. Should the world fear Haitian gangs? You know, and it it was very, 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 very interesting how it unfolded, how people entered the house. You know, a president usually has bodyguards. Mm. A president usually has security detail. How do they bypass security detail and shoot the president of a country? So it just shows that the security there is not even, it's, it's not strong. Um, security, if it's not strong for a president, what about um, missionaries or normal citizens? Because they could also kidnap uh, the normal citizens. I think they targeted this group because then, you know, they know that, you know, they're from a, a wealthy uh, country, so they'll definitely get their demands met. That's what they are thinking. Mm, and it will definitely uh, garner some international attention. Yes. yes Let, let's yes. talk FIFA now. Um, they have confirmed, well, on the e-sporting part of things, they've confirmed that they will end their exclusive partnership with Electronic Arts or EA Sports following a failure to renew their terms. And they are wanting to revisit their approach and maybe look at uh, other players in the gaming industry that they can work with. Yes. Um, so, yeah, FIFA released a statement, you know, saying that um, it's following a new commercial strategy in gaming and esports, um, and they're possibly looking into digital. Um, so, you know, then that means it's the end of the partnership with um, EA Sports. I mean, it's a partnership of over uh, two decades, so it's a long-standing partnership. And um, EA Sports was making some some serious money, over $20 billion from the sales, Mm. And FIFA was getting paid about $150 million per year for the use of uh, FIFA's name. So, you know, it was, it was a mutually beneficial um, partnership. So, I mean, this is just because FIFA wants to broaden its horizons. There wasn't a, a tiff, like they, there's no bad blood, not like a CSA and Bonang Mateba Tabovai. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to make fun of that, but this is a different vibe. 
Yes, I think the food is different, but, you know, um, FIFA just wants to, you know, go out and venture out. Even if, you know, as they separate, they both will still do very well. Um, so FIFA saying that they have been in talks with numerous companies uh, within the gaming and the tech and mobile industries. So, um, so they don't want the EA to just have all the rights to its licensing um, for the games. So I think so. Um, but, you know, for the future, EA Sports will be looking to capitalize on its growth and it, it will be allowed to explore other ventures uh, within the FIFA video game ecosystem. So I think, you know, both will go out and they both will win at the end of the day. Um, it's, it's not a yeah, I think even now they've kind of already won. EA is like 39 years old. They're the second largest gaming company in the Americas mm-hmm. and Europe. And they've got so many games that are popular. Need for Speed. Anybody, Everybody knows that if you're into gaming. Uh, Battlefield. That's the one I know. <laughs> yeah, I know that because of my 16-year-old son, of course. Battlefield, I also know it. The Sims, all of them. Dragon Age. They even have NBA Live under the sports banner. They've got Star yeah. Wars as well. I, they're fine, man. We don't need to worry about them, eh? Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. They didn't necessarily uh, respond, though, to the statement from FIFA. But, yeah, they, 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 they'll be fine. They've got a, a football gaming legacy as well, as well as the games that you mentioned. So I think they'll be fine. Also, EA is an American company, so do you think maybe FIFA this time, if they're saying they want to expand or broaden their horizons, might be looking at a different country? I mean, we have the, the example of Ubisoft from France. They're currently at number four in terms of uh, top top four in, in the world, uh, gaming companies. Uh, there's also Chu Kong, which is 11 years old, and uh, that's in South Korea, and maybe Nintendo in Japan. Do you think they might look at a different country now? I think so because you know the the, the FIFA franchise is is localized into 18 languages, and it is available worldwide. You know, over 51 countries. So uh, maybe then it's also a way to to partner up with a different um, something new, something different, something fresh, different perspectives, and you know to tap into maybe a different market as well and see how it can grow um, as a brand. What are the chances that they could come to South Africa for a partnership? I mean, we've got our own examples. <laughs> we, have, we, we have Whimsy Games. We've got Kajuso Interactive. Um, and Kajuso Interactive is already actually working with a, a U.S. company. They're only seven years old, though. But what are the chances they could come to SA? <laughs> I, I don't think so. I don't think they'll come to us yet, Asa. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe in a couple of years. Maybe, it would be wonderful, though, you know, if they did partner up with, with an African com- uh, uh, company. That would actually be great, you know, because mm. um, football is huge in this continent. So it would be, it would be great. Okay, also let's talk cricket then when we talk sports uh, and uh, the hashtag T20 World Cup. The Proteas winning the warm-up match uh, with uh, Afghanistan. Yes, they won with Af- against Afghanistan. And, you know, they, they, the, the Proteas are just saying, you know, right now they want to just focus on the T20 uh, World Cup. Um, they do have another warm-up match today with mm-hmm. Pakistan um, before they take on Australia on Saturday. So, you know, they don't want to be distracted from a lot of things. We want our boys to actually, you know, start winning some games. It would actually be great. 
um, instead of all this drama that surrounds them. And it, it seems like they can't shake this drama, especially, you know, mm. with the hearings that are going on and, um, yeah, the legacy that they have right now with not winning or, or performing greatly uh, previous games. Yeah, those social uh, justice and nation-building hearings you talk of with allegations uh, from former black players, uh, coaches, mm. as well as administrators, related to racial discrimination. Do you think that's a traumatic thing or they'll be fine? I think it, it, I think it is tra- traumatic. Uh, remember, I think we were speaking about uh, the Mark Voucher affidavit that he had submitted. So, you know, there are still things that are coming out, more, more um, you know, statements and affidavits that are coming out with admittance that, you know, uh, black players were not treated fairly. So um, you have one of the players um, at, for the T20 right now um, saying, you know, they just want to focus on Urabada, saying they just want to focus on playing and doing well. Um, and, you know, right now they just want their minds in the game. But, you know, there are people that will be appearing um, at the, the SSJ. SJM hearing, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Dr. Jacques Fall, the former CSA Chief Executive David Becker, um, he'll be um, there. He's a lawyer, representative for Grant Smith. So they're going to be providing testimonies at the hearings over the coming two weeks. There was a Free State Cricket CEO who admitted that the union made young black cricketers stay in old stadium gymnasium in 2019. So it's a lot of things I think that are coming out after that can also, you know, be um, that will also remind the players of what they went through and what they experienced. Yeah. So they really need to put their mind in the game and focus on the game. What about sponsors? How do you think they should be interpreting uh, these developments in terms of the hearings? I think they should take them seriously, Asa, because you know, like, unfortunately, with these hearings right now, it's just affidavits and statements being made. There was an interview with a with an ombudsman, the advocates, and they are saying, you know, it would it would have been better to be able to cross examine. Uh, people, you know, not just to make an allegation or just mm. give the statement or affidavit. Like um, he was saying, example, like the Zondo Commission and, you know, the CRC Commission, to be able to to cross-examine and speak and also uh, let there be a way to to fix this because we can hear the allegations, we can hear the, 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 re- the revelations, they can read out the affidavit and then what? So I think it can affect sponsorship um, as well, as you say, Asa, because, you know, then they'll see that the game is not as transformative as it's supposed to be. Yeah, well, we'll watch them today. Hopefully they'll be focusing fully on the game and it will be a great one as well as Saturday. Uh, let's come hopefully, to politics. Mm. Mm. Let's come to politics now. Hashtag Ace Mahashule. Uh, the the Free State Asbestos Corruption Case, again now shining on the spotlight. So Ace Mahashule wants a list of the witnesses who implicated him. He wants that list. Yes. What does this mean for their safety if he gets the list? And, and how, usually how does this work? Um, well, they're saying, the prosecution is saying, you know what, they're going to disclose the list of witnesses closer to the trial date. Because right now they're still dealing with the pre-trial hearing. 
Um, so until then, that's when they'll release the list. I think, you know, they want to know that the Mahashula team, they want to know who is part of the witness list. But even if they do know what can be done, because they cannot, you know, they cannot approach the witnesses, they, they're not supposed to, and they cannot, you know, speak to the witnesses or intimidate them in any case. Because one of those witnesses, I think, is the his former PA. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's Moradi but she's based in the U.S. right now. So she was his PA when he was a free state premier. So they want to see who exactly is part of this um, state witness list. So there was the whistleblower from mm. the DA. They asked, um, she was also being interviewed yesterday during the, um, the trial. And she was saying, they were asking if she's part of the witness list that James was just asking her. And she was like, um, she's not sure yet. I don't think she wanted to admit it, but she 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 was saying, you know, it's been six years now. It's still in pre-trial phase. It, mm. it, we need to get on things. It needs to go to trial phase now. And even the pre-trial proceedings have been postponed like, yeah, again to now 3rd Many November. So Many it's really times. dragging. And unfortunately, Atta, you know, the sad thing is that people are still living in those houses with mm. their spoofing. And some have suffered health-wise, some have passed on. So um, regardless of this trial and pre-trial, what about then the victims? Mm. In the meantime, what's happening there? What is the solution now? You know, Because we can go to court and do that. I know they're going to find you know, a solution, but even if they get arrested or they, they, they get convicted, what about the victims? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, finally, let's talk uh, Western Cape MEC of Education, uh, Debbie Schaefer. She's appealing to ESCOM to please not cut power supply during <laughs> NSC examinations. This is a fair request. I mean, yo, uh, Matrix's I think matric is is a tough year already, and goodness, these children just don't need another addition to stress now with power cuts. I was right by candlelight. How? No, <laughs> I'm joking. No, but actually, it's not even really a joke because um, there's so many poor South Africans, uh, so many kids who, who learn that way. Yes. Just yes. even generally yes. on a normal level without ESCOM power cuts. Mm, exactly. Yeah, it's you raised something I wasn't thinking about. In the townships and um, in the in the villages, it's, yeah, they do they do go through that. So yeah, the young exams are expected to start. And she also, you know, not only with ESCOM, which, yes, I, I see the problem because, you know, the, the, the load shedding has been a lot lately, but she's also appealing to politicians and communities not to disrupt the final exams of the matriculants, you know, because as the, the, the exam starts October 27, that's just before the the municipal elections on the 1st of November. Mm. So, you know, as parties are campaigning, uh, service delivery issues. She's just, you know, appealing, like, uh, not to disrupt the matriculants. As you just said, rightly so, they've experienced a lot. Even from last year, you know, when the lockdown started, they've gone through a lot, um, the, the previous class of, of the matriculants, who are matriculants now, they were in grade 11 last year. But it, it has been a lot. And, you know, she's appealing that at least, they must have a fair chance to 
to write, to study and write, you know, without any mm. um, interference. But she's also, I mean, just specifying or, or making even more the fact that computer applications, technology practicals and information uh-huh. technology practicals can't go ahead without power. So I guess those subjects okay. are, would really need um, a, a power. Imagine, like, what can you do? There's no concentration <laughs> on your computer. Give them 100% all of them. All of them, <laughs> eh? Imagine that. Imagine sitting there and you've started already and you didn't save your work. And then boom. <laughs> Oh no, that would that, that would be terrible. Imagine the stress already before an exam. And you're right, Asa. You know, some schools the issue is you know she says backup procedures are very well, but some schools don't have that luxury mm. of having generators or backup uh, solutions. You know, uh, depending also on the area that you're in. So yes, yes, rightly so. It would be it would be terrible. And then if they have to reschedule again, but they're not even guaranteed that mm. even if it's rescheduled, it will go well. Yeah, it's a problem. It's a huge problem. Yeah, I wonder what contingency plans could be in place there. I really wonder if if maybe everything can just be printed on paper and they choose options, you know, like a multiple choice type of, of vibe. But if it's a practical, they need to. Cool. Yeah, they, they need the devices. But I mean, there's other issues compounding uh, this, you know, matriculants writing, because during this time also the department normally has protests and strikes. And then there's also taxi strikes. You know, some kids need to take taxis yes. to get to the exam uh, halls and all of that. So let's hope these challenges can be averted. And let's hope that there are no leaked papers, Asa, because then it's easy yes. for these leaked papers to, you know, to take place um, for these matriculant pupils. We want them to do well. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Let's leave it there for today. <laughs> what are your red flags? <laughs> Since we were talking about red flags, the trendings. <laughs> red flags are not being honest. For, for both friendships and relationship, uh, yes. loving relationships? Yes. Okay. Just honesty is great. Um, but, you know, look, you, you not necessarily divulging everything, but, you know, to be honest and say this is how my situation right now is, a friend or at work, you know, I've, I've, I've noticed this, especially at work as well. Mm. And when you're going through stuff, rather speak to your manager and say, you know what, this is what I'm actually facing this is the situation at home or in my personal life, so that you know they are aware of what you're going through and how it can affect your work. Yeah. Um, instead of you not just disappearing and then you're just absent and no one can assist you there. Yeah, well, thanks so much. You're making so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it there until we chat next. Thank you, Asa. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Thanks so much. Busisiwe Khadebe, social commentator, discussing trending topics with us here on SFM Sound Awake. Our time 